Hey everybody, this is Kim C, and you're listening to The Year of Underrated Stephen King, a podcast that analyzes and praises the works of a fiction master. Hey everyone, so welcome to this mini episode that should be coming to you around the September-October Halloween-centric season. This is a little bit of a breather between our usual novel analysis where I just wanted to have a little bit of fun and talk about some movies with you. I know that we don't talk a lot about movies that aren't Stephen King related, but I was kind of channeling that quote from Humphrey Bogart in Casablanca where he says, we'll always have Paris. Actually, maybe it's Lauren Bacall who says that. I don't know. Um, Somebody in Casablanca says, we'll always have Paris. And I was thinking about how we'll always have the movies. Um, And I feel that, especially this year, very strongly, given the fact so many of us have been indoors during this very trying year. And so as we approach the Halloween season, I really enjoy getting into the spirit by revisiting some of my absolute favorite frightening films. And I decided when I was talking with new friends and my boyfriend about my favorites, I had never really compiled uh, a list for myself to really, really narrow down where were the gems and where were the duds. So I've decided to do that with you today. And today's category is vampires. Yes, we need them. I love them. I love vampires. Some may think them cheesy. I think they're always essential. So uh, in descending order or ascending, order actually we are going to begin with our number five my picks for my top five favorite vampire films so this is uh, just a little bit of uh, hopefully some fun titles to come your way. So if you are having uh, a friend or two over and uh, hunkering down to enjoy some scary movies, maybe this will rem- reminisce you of some of these really enjoyable titles or um, maybe you've never seen them and it sticks in your mind and this is what you'll end up exploring and I hope you do. So number five is one that I'm slightly biased with this pick, but without revealing too much of the lady behind the mask, I have adored this actor in this movie since I was a very young girl. I would like to call him the celebrity crush of my life. I've just always loved him and will forever love him as long as I live. And so the 2009 movie Daybreakers features his gorgeousness, Ethan Hawke. (laughs) I love him so much and I've seen every single movie he's ever done in ever in his life um, and in mine. So, uh, but this one is a lot of fun, guys. So I don't know if this one got a lot of attention. I have a feeling it fizzled at the box office a little bit, but I do feel it's worth a watch, especially if you are a film goer that gives a lot of slack for good premises. And this one has a really strong premise. It is a sci-fi centered horror film, in my opinion, where it's the distant future and the entire world, give or take a couple thousand or so, 
is completely vampire. So the whole world has turned into vampires and now there's a big problem because they are running out of human blood. They have farmed all of the humans, they've killed mostly all of the humans, um, they've just exhausted the humans as a food source. And so now these vampires that carry on with uh, 9 to 5 jobs, or not necessarily 9 to 5, more like, I don't know, mid 12 to 6 jobs, um, have this uh, very unusual predicament. And so what's also really interesting is you kind of have this crisis of the soul amongst the vampires where what if they don't want to drink blood anymore? And so there's this interesting residual humanity that's there and unfortunately when they decide to stop drinking blood they turn into crazy creepy monsters and I did appreciate the movie makeup in um, in this one. Uh, Willem Dafoe and Sam Neill are also in it so a really fun cast. It's got that sci-fi horror edge which I'm a super sucker for and we're gonna learn more about that when we cover my top five alien movies coming up. Um, but definitely take a look at Daybreakers. That is my number five pick. I really enjoy the premise. I think it fizzled a little bit on some of the scary parts and there might have been a little bit of cheesy-tastic eye-rolling toward the end. But overall, the premise and the execution of some of the world building, I enjoyed and even Hawk's easy on the eyes. So <laughs> number four, I know that this one is a remake from the 1980s, but I super enjoyed 2011's Fright Night featuring Colin Farrell as Jerry the Vampire, as well as his wonderful, beautiful, just inspiring self, Anton Yelkin, rest in peace. Tony Collette is also in it as his mom. Um, this is filmed in New Mexico, which is a state I love very, very much. And it's a lot of fun. I think it's a really fun remake. It's a little bit teen-centric. Uh, David Tennant is also in it for all of you Doctor Who fans. He is a really hysterical comedic addition uh, who he's reluctant to help um, Anton Yelkin fight the vampires, but eventually he gets on board. So fun. Um, campy. It's jaunty. It was also released in 3D, so there's a lot of fun action sequences that keep it really lively. Um, I just enjoyed this remake. I know that the, the original is also really fun, and I believe it's Chris Sarandon? It's either Michael Sarandon or Chris Sarandon. I'm drawing a blank on his name. He also makes a fun cameo, so definitely check out Fright Night if maybe you're not, you're, you're wanting a more just lighthearted horror. Um, that is my pick for that one. I just enjoy it so much. It's one of those where I could just put on and enjoy and uh, either watch it in the dark with a blanket or just kind of have it on in the background and enjoy it. It's, it's very, very watchable. Uh, my number three pick is 80s glory, everybody, and hopefully you all know what I'm going to say, and that is The Lost Boys. It is fantastic. It is so good, mostly because I'm a passionate fan of the 1980s. I'm an 80s baby. I wasn't really raised in the 80s, more of a 90s kid. However, my affinity for it just runs very deep. Um, 
basically this one came out in 1987 and every it actor either young actor teen heartthrob was in this movie so it just every sort of teen wanted to be at the box office for this one um, we have Jason Patrick and Corey Haim are brothers who move with their mom to Santa Carla which is a fictional NorCal beach town uh, to be with their grandpa to help out and it's got a wonderful premise of these new guys coming to town and there's this super cool mysterious biker gang who I, the young Michael, and he kind of gets roped into their world and coincidentally finds out they are a den of vampires living in these creepy cool caves. It's so good, guys. Um, just every child actor, not child, but young 80s heartthrob is just shining bright in this movie. It's very teenage centered um, so it's pretty lighthearted but the fashion and the music and the expressions it's a little bit of an enjoyable time warp for sure and Corey Feldman is a super funny awesome comic relief just lots of funny fun 80s campy horror but I also really enjoy the nest of a vampire uh, I, I enjoy the individual quirks that they give to the gang of vampires. Um, you know, they're very, very rebel without a cause. They're very, you know, 1950s rebel gang uh, with their leather jackets and their motorcycles. I think a few of them even have dirt bikes. I don't even know if they have motorcycles. But um, Kiefer Sutherland is so foxy and he's the lead. And um, I enjoy the makeup. It kind of is like early Buffy the Vampire slayer with the sort of furrowed brow and the scowl that the vampires have so I enjoyed seeing the early roots of that um, it's very lighthearted very much like Fright Night I really like fun campy vampire horror not not all the time and we'll get to that in the upcoming picks but I enjoy it when vampires are sexy and fun and that's what they are and in Lost Boys and especially Fright Night. So lots of good stuff with Lost Boys though, especially if you're an 80s fan, you need to have this movie in your library. My number two pick, so we're getting close. My number two, and I hope you guys all see this, especially if you're horror film connoisseurs, and you like stylized things, then 2008's Let the Right One In is so cool, you guys. This is a Swedish film, uh, so subtitles, I highly recommend enjoying it with subtitles. The dubbed is just not as good, um, but it's a young boy named Oscar in 1980s Sweden, and unfortunately he's a sweet, precious little soul who's bullied and misunderstood, and he's just mercilessly picked on by these terrible asshole jerk kids and you just want to beat them up for him but you can't you just have to watch him kind of get through it but there's this strange little girl named Ellie she kind of finds him and wants to be his friend and 
she she's a little strange looking she doesn't eat food or go out in the sun and to come into his room she has to be invited and so Oscar's kind of slowly piecing it together that she's really not normal but it's a very innocent look at just friendship and she looks out for him and um, you know wants to be close to him as close as she can and she's got her own sort of mysterious things going on and a couple spooky moments and the filming is so good guys like if you've seen other Swedish films or if you're really gonna nerd out and you've seen Igmar Bergman stuff Swedish films tend to be really minimalist and sleek and clean and so every frame is honestly like art occurring which is very cool um, but uh, I adore this movie. I adore what it does to the vampire genre. It's just unique and fresh and very minimal, very mysterious, and it really creates a cool vibe. And the ending, you guys. This movie probably has one of the most tense, taut, intensely suspenseful endings I've, I, I remember. I just remember being, holding my breath at the end, and uh, it was what an awesome payoff um very cool ending so if you're a little bit bored throughout if it's moving a little slow for you please hang on until the end you won't be sorry let the right one in is one of my all-time favorite vampire movies it was almost the top spot it almost was but we must make room for the classic the immortal the perfect 1994 interview with the vampire I'm there's just nothing better guys there's there for me there is no higher than this perfect beautiful film that is aging quite well I might add um, it's just as cool as you could get and for me it absolutely encapsulates the kind of vampire stuff that I enjoy which is the sexy sad and plugged in with a lot of historical elements the historical fiction part of it one of the allure of vampires in general is that they're immortal and that makes them able to live and experience time and fashion and it also is a great um it's a reason for their intense sadness most definitely but in this movie based on Anne Rice's novel written in 1976 we have um Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise and Antonio Banderas who are just powerhouse 90s heartthrobs at that time and then Kirsten Dunst uh, who plays Claudia where if you didn't know um, Anne Rice herself uh, lost a daughter to leukemia at the age of five and so the character of Claudia who's made a vampire right around that age of about five to eight she lives forever and doesn't die so Claudia is this immense symbol to um, the lost daughter and Anne Rice's own life and but overall guys this movie is violent as hell it's so violent it's also way ahead of his time as a lot if you've ever read Anne Rice previously she really allows her vampires to be very sexually fluid and so for 1994 there's a lot of homoeroticism in this movie I think it's subtle but it's there and so I think that you you see it now and it's just it's aged so well and I can't believe that this was you know really um, such a ahead of its time at the time of its creation and then Neil Jordan is just on Honors the source material as the director so so much and we have stunning costumes and 
amazing performances. Like, I could just watch Tom Cruise yell as Lestat the entire time, and um, in my, my personal favorite character in The Vampire Chronicles is Louis, um, who is Brad Pitt's character. This is a little bit uh, unorthodox, mostly because Louis is really only featured in Interview with a Vampire and not really else throughout. He's not really mentioned throughout the other Vampire Chronicles. Other fans think he's whiny. Uh, potentially, I think Armand's whinier, and that's uh, Antonio Banderas' character. But I love Brad Pitt in this role because he really is so plagued with the heaviness of his soul of hating who he is. And that's what's also really intriguing about um, Anne Rice's vampire world, if you've never participated in it. For her, the symbol of the vampire is just a metaphor for the outcast in all humans. Anyone who's ever felt like an outcast or a pariah is the vampire. And so when you kind of go into it with that in mind, it really takes on a richer, more meaningful quality. And so there's a lot of power to this story. It's very sexy. The costumes are fantastic. We get to uh, go through time with these characters. So we experience um, 18th century New Orleans, uh, 19th century England. Um, just We just go all over and there's the character of Claudia, she's incredible because she just wants to age and be a woman and she's stuck in this body of a young girl and it's torturous for her. She also has this amazing bond with Louis. Louis and Claudia are kind of like this very strange father-daughter, but it's more than that. It's like a father-daughter, best friend, maybe like partners in life, almost like a husband-wife. And the, the lines are so blurred, it just, it inspires me it makes me think it's super gross a lot of the times with the blood and the gore so it definitely delivers if you are a horror fan it's just gonna oh wow very very violent very very uncomfortable in certain moments um but so worth it if you have not seen interview with a vampire guys please do so this halloween season and it's uh it's so good it's my top it's just i don't know if there could be any other vampire film that gives you the sexiness the sadness the violence the costumes the performances it's just tremendous it is my favorite so to recap, we have in our number five spot, Daybreakers coming out in 2009. I love you, Ethan Hawke. We have 2011's Fright Night for our number four pick. This one's so much fun. And then our number three, 1980s Glory, is The Lost Boys. Number two is Let the Right One In. So, so good. Just a Swedish triumph this movie is. And then number one is the immortal, infamous, untouchable interview with a vampire. So that's the five. I actually have one or two honorable mentions that did not make the top five, but I just wanted to give them a quick little shout out. And the first one is if you guys have seen the Underworld series, that one had quite a bit of films in it um, featuring Kate Beckinsale as Vampire Celine. Very cool. Um, I felt like the it's very much like Resident Evil and it's just a really, really cool um, horror 
dynamic um, featuring uh, vampires and werewolves. So little bit of a controversy, friends, but I'm not a werewolf fan. So don't tell too many people because I, you know, I don't want to anger them like a stirred up hornet's nest. I can appreciate werewolf stuff, but it's so far down on the list for me, guys. I'm just not a big werewolf fan. That is why um, the Underworld movies are pretty low on the list because they have a lot of werewolf action in them. The lichens, aka sort of hybrid werewolf species, are very cool and I appreciate how they are handled and the lore built around them, which is why I am mentioning, I believe it's the third film in the series uh, of the Underworld series, and this is Underworld Rise of the Lycans. And the reason why I enjoyed this film is uh, Michael Sheen is in it, and he does a really good job as a lycan prince, I think he is. And then of course it's like a little bit of a Romeo and Juliet where he falls in love with the vampire princess and they're not allowed to be together. And so I am a sucker for romance in certain uh, avenues, especially when it's forbidden. And this was just really cool. It was very well done. Michael Sheen puts on a great performance. It's a little Shakespearean. It's very dark. The filming of the Underworld movies are very, very dark. So you really have to have the brightness on your TV turned up quite a bit, but the creatures are cool, the fights, the armor, the costumes, um, but the overall story of this uh, doomed romance kind of just roped me in and I was all about it and I know that it's a prequel in the series a lot. These are characters that are referenced in the actual Underworld series, so I actually think you could probably get away with just watching this movie um, without having seen the others. It might be best if you have, but you know, I go for it. I might as well give it a shot. Um, Michael Sheen's great and he made me tear up a little bit and uh, I love a good doomed romance and this one was handled very well even though I'm not the biggest werewolf fan, but don't tell too many people. I gotta keep my street cred, um, but I enjoyed this one quite a bit and if I were to get into werewolf Werewolves. I think I would enjoy the Underworld series werewolves. They're pretty meaty, pretty scary. My last one, and hopefully you guys have all uh, have an HBO active membership, and that is True Blood. Um, there are five seasons, maybe six seasons of this one. Um, I believe the first four seasons are my favorite. That was written by Alan Ball, who's a terrific creator. He wrote American Beauty as well as Six Feet Under. He is a tremendous show writer and one of the best dialogue writers I may have re ever read other than Aaron Sorkin and a couple other gems. But he just took Charlene Harris's really funny southern comedic vampire book series and made it sexy and campy and fun and there's so much charm and this is a very compulsively watchable show. Um, great actor performances. Season 4 is my favorite. Um, so if you guys have seen the show and you're maybe making your way through it, season four. Get to season four and then you can maybe dial it down a little. Um, I don't know if it ended as strongly as I would have liked, but uh, the bond with the characters, the comedy is very present, the blood is ridiculous and uh, kind of just keeps it fresh and funny. So for the most part, I do like to laugh with my horror quite a bit, um, but there's also a lot of romance and true blood. There's a lot of love triangles. 
it's sexy it's fun so do yourself a favor and maybe rewatch the series during the Halloween season if you feel like channeling the vampire energy but those are my five and then we have our two honorable mentions of Underworld Rise of the Lycans and True Blood seasons one through four. Let's just uh, stick with those. Um, so hopefully this is just a little bit of fun uh, to get you guys in the spirit uh, as we head into a very different Halloween this year. So if you guys find yourself hunting down vampire movies, please check out some of the ones I mentioned. Maybe you think some of mine should have been higher or maybe you feel a couple of them shouldn't be on the list at all. If you have any rec recommendations recommendations for me, please let me know. Um, a couple I almost thought about was Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula. That one's really creepy. Um, there's a couple like the Nosferatu. That one scares the hell out of me, like the original vampire too much. Um, I am a little bit cliche. I like my vampires a little easy on the eyes personally, um, but I'm always open to vampire stuff. And of course, um, if you have not read Salem's Lot, my friends, that is a wonderful Stephen King masterpiece of a great ensemble cast. There's a zillion characters in that one, but the town of Jerusalem's Lot and the vampire Barlow, um, it's awesome and pretty essential. I'm actually going to have to reread it as Father Callahan makes an appearance in the Dark Tower novels, which is my plan for the 2021 season of uh, reading is to begin my Dark Tower journey. So I hope you have fun with some of these vampire recommendations. Please reach out to me at underratedsk. If you have any vampire recommendations for me, uh, I would love to hear them. I, please reach out on all the socials. I'm there um, listening and awaiting any feedback you have. And if you haven't done it yet, if you find yourself listening to the pod ra rather regularly, I super appreciate you and would love it if you could head over to Apple Podcasts and give me a five-star review so we can reach some more readers along the way. But thank you guys so much for listening. Have fun. Have fun with these vampire movies and uh, tune in. We've got two more top five recommendations of ghosts and aliens. So tune in for those soon and I'll talk to you later. Bye.